Hi, everyone. Welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and the Dr. Christopher Hall Show. Dr. Hall, thank you again. Nobel Prize nominated doctor. Uh, also, best-selling author and emergency room physician. How are you, Dr. Hall? And I know you're excited about our guest. Well, hey, Neil. You know what? I'm doing great. And I'm very excited about our guest because uh, this gentleman certainly has a very powerful and uh, interesting story. All right. Who's our guest today, Dr. Hall? Well, you know what? Well, it's my pleasure. You know, great honor to uh, introduce one of the uh, former NFL players. He played for a number of teams, defensive end, um, an exciting player, but has a great story to tell us about his life. Wow. Well, I'm very excited to welcome to the show, Mr. James Harris. Welcome to the show, James. All right. How you doing, Doc? How you doing today? I'm doing very, very well. And uh, how you doing today, Neil? Fantastic. All right. So, Chris, go with your first question, because what I saw getting you guys together is because Dr. Christopher Hall wrote Ward of the Courts, where he showed a parallel of his life versus his brother who ended up going to prison. You went to prison as well. So it's it fits in a good kind of the story and strategy, Dr. Hall, to talk about that really is not intriguing. The kind of parallel of the, of the stories of an athlete that ended up in prison versus your brother and knowing the, the decisions that are made. Right, Dr. Hall? You know what? That, that's very, very important, very true. And, and then the beginning of my life, Neil, when, you, when I was actually in the juvenile halls, every juvenile hall in Los Angeles, and in different boys' homes and foster homes since I was a kid. And so, you know, we end up on sometimes that side of the law, and we're not intended to do that. But today we have an extraordinary story from Mr. James Hills, and he's done one of the most difficult things to do. First of all, that's to end up in a professional team in the United States NFL. So, you know what, James, tell us a little bit about kind of where you're from and um, how did you end up with your interest in football? Well, I'm from, uh, from the city of East St. Louis, Illinois, um, the way I got into football was through my mom. My mom loved football, so she put me into football. And uh, from there, I blossomed to become a professional football player. But it all began with my mom back in East St. Louis. Wow. And, the, and you know, Dr. Hall, when, I, when I, we've heard in this story is, again, you know, that James um, didn't think it was going to be football, as we talked about on a different show. But go ahead and your next question, Chris. Oh, well, no problem at all. So that's just one of the most difficult things that, you know, we see our young people trying to do to make a professional team. It takes a lot of skill, hard work, and, and dedication. And certainly, James showed that. Now, um, I know, I think he went to, you went to school there in Philadelphia. Tell us a little bit about that, your experience at Temple, and then leading up until, you know, actually making that transition from college football to the pros. Tell us about that, James. Well, my experience at Temple was a very good experience. It was a, a good college to go to. Uh, my mom was determined for me to um, to get a good education. Uh, football was secondary to her once I got to college because nobody's uh, promised to go to the NFL. So I, I went there to give me a good education. Um, I found myself uh, a little short on money, so I started doing things to make money. But my experience in Philly, man, I wouldn't trade it for anything because I met some really good people and people that are still my friends. And I got a great education out of Temple University. And I got the opportunity to play football on the college level at a big time school and make it to the pros from there. So Temple, I owe uh, Philadelphia a lot because I learned a lot about myself. Um, I learned how to be on my own all the way on my own in Philadelphia. 
And I looked at Philadelphia as a big East St. Louis because I saw a lot of people that looked like me in North Philadelphia, and it made me a little comfortable. Now, when you played at Temple, how good were you guys when you played at Temple at that time? <laughs> we weren't very good at all, man. It was it was horrible. Uh, Bruce Harris was our coach in the beginning, and Bruce Harris was really kind of the reason I wanted to go to Temple. Uh, but then he up and left, and um, we got a guy by the name of Jerry Burns um, that came to Temple. And I, we really wasn't that good. We may have had two good seasons. Uh, the best season, I would say, we were seven and four. But we had some very good players from different places, and they played hard, but we just never, ever got that that togetherness that, 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 that make you win. But we had a bunch of good players that ended up going to the NFL. All right, Chris, next question. Wow. Yes, very much so. And, you know, and probably at that time, it was hard to, you know, go from a school at Temple at that time to the NFL, get another great accomplishment uh, that you've done. So now tell us about uh, that feeling. How did it feel when you actually got into the NFL? Hey, you're in the pros now. Just describe that feeling as a young person. How did you feel? I felt, I felt like I belonged. I never came into the NFL like I didn't belong because I, I I fought my tail off to get to the NFL and I had some some pitfalls along the way. So I had learned some things um, to get into the NFL, man, and stay. It's the hardest. It's to stay. Um, I came in as a free agent. I wasn't drafted. I was disappointed that I wasn't drafted because I had had a great senior year. And I was told that I would be drafted. I, I thought I did well enough um, that year to be drafted, but I wasn't. But uh, I got to the NFL, and I said to myself, I belong here, so I'm going to work my tail off to be here. But um, as a young player, I was kind of lost because once I got there and I found out the NFL isn't a sport anymore, it's a business because I signed my name on a contract. So now I'm an employee. Yeah. It's not, it's not a sport anymore. And Chris Dolman told me, he said, the sooner you find out that this is not a sport, longer you will last because this is a business. Cause I said, asked Chris, why do you bring this briefcase to work, man? He said, this is a business. This is not a sport anymore. Anytime you're playing for money, you are in business for yourself. That's crazy. It's true. You're in business for yourself. You got to figure it all out. Now, Chris, I know you want to you want to know how he ended up uh, in prison, right, Chris? Go ahead with the question. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, this is very, very interesting because, again, just making it out of East, East St. Louis as a young person, that itself is, is very, very difficult, hard to get out there for a young black man. And what James have done making it out of there into the NFL – uh, incredible. And and as we know, there certainly are obstacles through our life. We all have them, challenges, you know. And so, yeah, James did come up against the challenge. And so tell us a little bit about that. How did uh, you cope during that challenging time in your life that you, you went from really, you know, uh, from the fields to the feds? So explain okay. that, how, how that happened. Well, we, we have to go all the way back. So we're going to go back to East St. Louis. I, I always was a, a kid that wanted things. My mom was a school teacher. She worked her behind off to get me and my brother what we wanted. But I thought it wasn't enough. And um, I picked up a hustle. The hustle was uh, street life, uh, selling drugs, 
I did it. I, I, I'm not the only one, but I'm not proud of it, but I did it. And um, I found a way to hide, hide it while I was doing it. I started probably around 13, 14, and I was hiding. I can hide it from my mom. I, I was hiding from her. At the age of 15 years old, I had my, I had a, uh, my first $100,000 I made. And I hid it for years. Right. And um, I, I continued all the way to, from East St. Louis to college. But my first year when I got to, to Philadelphia, I was kind of reluctant on continuing what I was doing. So I bumped, I bumped into some guys one time. And uh, they was like, you from me, St. Louis, we talking and we having a good time. And I said, what y'all do? You know, they tell me, say, man, you know, I, I do a little this, a little that. I say, hey, man, um, put me down. And um, I start selling marijuana at Temple, out the dorms, to the, to the students. And like I said, I'm not proud of it, but it was making me money. And I knew my mom didn't have the money to send me, you know, she was sending me $20 a month. How can you live off $20 a month in college? Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty right. hard, but I couldn't put that pressure on my mother. And I was already a hustler and I was quick on my feet and I didn't mind getting in the streets because I, I, I'm pretty good at struggling the fence on business and in the streets. And I, I picked that up early in my life. And so I started selling marijuana and I meet a guy. So I'm, I'm selling a lot of marijuana. In, in Philadelphia. And I mean, I became big very quickly, but nobody never knew it was me doing the selling because I would never put the two lives, let the two lives cross because I was, I was there to be a student. That was number one, a student athlete. That's number one. But I was also there to survive. And they wasn't giving me any money. You know, back then, they wasn't giving student athletes money to go to school. You know what I mean? We, we couldn't work because if you work, if you work, you lose your scholarship. So I found a hustle selling marijuana and I was getting it by the pounds, hundred pounds here, hundred pounds there. And I was, I was making a lot of money and um, I wasn't ashamed of it, but nobody knew I didn't have to be ashamed because I ran it like a business. You know, I, I had my steps. Yeah. I had my, I had my workers. I had my guy that pick it up. I had my guy to drop it off. I never really even touched it. Uh, I, I got my money from, you know, the money I had from when I first started selling uh, cocaine back in St. Louis. So I took my money and said, okay, I'm going to leave this cocaine alone for a while because this is a little dangerous. So I started doing the weed and, and it, it was going <laughs> fine. <laughs> it was doing fine. And I just, <laughs> I just continued. And then, uh, you know, all through my college years, that's what I did. And uh, I end up going to the NFL, and I look at myself in the NFL. I said, "Well, I'm a free agent. They wasn't paying that much money back in the 1991, and then especially as a free agent. So I had already had a a nice grip of money. So I wasn't worried about how much they was giving me. I just wanted the opportunity to get in the NFL. So right. I get in the NFL, and I just never stopped doing what I was doing. So I was in Miami, and I bumped into a a guy." that I knew from my past. And he introduced me to someone else. And now I'm back in the cocaine business. Now I'm selling maybe 10 keys a week. Keys of cocaine. So, while playing in the NFL. That's crazy. Why playing in the NFL? I mean, but wow. I never let my I never let my two lives cross paths. Never. And and I'm not proud of what I'm doing. I hope people don't be like I'm bragging because I'm not bragging. I just didn't see uh, 
the money that other guys was making in the NFL. As hard as I worked, I never accumulated the money that I wanted. And 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 plus I was stuck in a situation where um people depended on me uh that was selling that was working for me. They depended on me. And I was just there and I was like, okay, how do I separate these two lives? I've been doing it for my whole entire life. Hey, I did it. My mom didn't even know. You know, my brothers wow. didn't know. My I separate I had two sets of friends. I had friends that I hustle with and I had friends that I can be a kid with. And I separated them. And I did it for years. And even once I got an NFL, I separated my NFL friends from my street friends. They never crossed paths. But I meet a guy on the early in my life that ended up playing a, a part in my life later in my life. Uh, when I when I end up going to prison, and um, he was a guy that was into the, the stock market, and you know he was teaching me how to, you know, yeah. hide my money, hide my money where I I had money where I didn't know where to put it. So I meet a guy, he teaches me how to move it around and put it in different places. So I wasn't money laundering and nothing like that. But I was just trying to figure out how to get rid of some of this money. And uh, he showed me, and I kind of mixed this money with that, mixed that money with that, and uh, I ended up in prison <laughs> uh, right. for not doing doing the right things. And I don't want to get my... I don't want to give my story. No, don't give away any more of the book. That's it. That's no, enough. I don't want. I don't want to get because I'm doing a movie and I'm doing a book and sure. I don't want to give it. I don't yeah, yeah. It and I'm your agent now, right? The media oh, giants. Oh, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the media yeah. giants. James, agent. Go ahead, Chris. Last question. Well, you know what? You know what? Uh, a fascinating story. Like I said, I mean, and he's not bragging at all. What he's doing is he is using his life experience to try to help and educate other young people who may come that path. And he doesn't want to see them end up in the same way. And that's what, you know, this exciting book is about. You know, he's an author now. And from the playing fields to the feds. I mean, I can't wait to get my copy to read this. I know this is going to be such an intriguing story. Um, and, you know, what he talks about is something that's not uncommon. I mean, there are a lot of people who actually have dual lives and, in fact, one of the biggest cocaine dealers ever in the city of uh, Philadelphia was a doctor, uh, Larry S. Lavin, uh, uh, was a dentist well-known. I'm not sure people know about him, but uh, mm -hmm. he wrote a book. Awesome. Doc, can I say one thing yes. to the public? Yes, sir. Is I, don't want yes, them sir. To, to re I don't want them to read my book and think that I'm glorifying selling drugs or uh, having a lot of women or fancy cars. I'm not going to find that. I'm I'm hoping that some yes, some young some young man read this book and say, I don't want to go down that path. I'm mm -hmm. showing them a path that they don't want to go down because it don't it's only going to end up in the feds or it did. You know what I mean? Those are the two options. But right. I, I got lucky I didn't get killed. I didn't I didn't I only went to jail for a little while. And matter of fact for only for a little while. And, and right. the weird thing is, yes, I don't go to jail for what they think I'm going to jail for. <laughs> All right. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks again, James. This book is available at Amazon. You're going to be hearing more of James Harris. 
as he comes as a regular guest on the Neil Haley Show and everywhere else. Appreciate it, James. There's his book. Go ahead and say it again, James, the title. From the playing fields to the feds. If you don't follow my path, you will end up there. I mean, if you follow my path, you will end up in the feds. So I'm hoping that you get this and read it and don't follow my path. God bless you, and I love you. All right. All right. That was the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and the Dr. Chris Kaparall Show. Guys, take care.